This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I want you to take out your worship guide and a pen, and uh, I want you to um, prepare your heart to be uh, to be ready to receive God's word. You know, I, I think it's important to mention every once in a while the fact that when a pastor stands up, the the assumed is that he is not the message. He is the messenger. I am the messenger of the message. And just as empty pipes cannot have water without a source, we cannot have any help in our life without the source of the Word of God. So I think it's important for me to know, or for you to know, that, that when we come into, come into God's house, I am speaking the truth in love in a way that it, it, it has power to change, not because of me or our church, but because of the power of the Word of God. And the reason why I say that is because today, we are finishing the uh, final piece of armor. Uh, we're going to be talking about the vehicle of victory next week, and I can't wait for that, uh, talking about prayer. But this is the sixth and final piece of armor. It's both defensive and offensive, and it is the sword of the Spirit. And we read in Ephesians 6 and verse number 17, And take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you would use this in a powerful way in the hearts and minds of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's lots to be said about thinking and meditating and praying the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God speaks about meditating uh, and praying the Word of God more than anything else. There is nowhere in Scripture where it commands us to read the Word of God. Now, that's assumed, that's implied with uh, the meditation. But, but that brings us back to the question, if the Bible talks so much about biblical meditation, then what is it? And at the end today, we're going to talk about what it is, but I want to talk about the word meditate for a second. Uh, it's, we get the word meditate from uh, the exact same Hebrew word as muddle or uh, to mutter something. Uh, it literally means to ponder. This is the Hebrew word, uh, haga. It, it means to cry out, to roar, to utter, to speak out, but it means to muse with your voice so your heart can listen in. I think that's an interesting thought that, that sometimes our ears, our heart needs to hear our mouth say something that is true. And so we come to this phrase, meditate, and that brings us to the next question in our series of Battle Ready. And the question is, are you ready to meditate? Now, you say, well, we don't really know what it is, and we'll get to the end of the message where we'll talk about what is biblical meditation. But the reason why I started out with that is because biblical meditation is and has been uh, for, for, for centuries known as 
walking something around over and over again or going back and forth. In fact, um, when you see a rabbi or a traditional Jewish uh, person praying, they are, they are doing with something that's called a shuckle, and it is back and forth. They're rocking back and forth. Has anyone ever seen a Jewish person pray rocking back and forth? And the reason why they do that is they believe that the Spirit of the Lord, the Ruach, moved, that's the Hebrew word for spirit, moving on the face of the water. And when they move, they believe that forward momentum allows God to hear them better because God said, uh, God gave his word when the Spirit was moving. And so they are moving, wanting God to move on their prayers. You see that? And so they're moving, wanting God to move. Now, how many of you are thankful that you don't have to be moving for God to answer your prayer? But we do know that the Bible tells us over and over again that the Word of God is something that is to be meditated on, but not just meditated on, but also memorized as well. So here's a key thought as we begin. Bible meditation and memorization brings spirit-led transformation every time. Every time we need transformation in our heart, in our life, in our marriage, in our home, it always is precipitated by a a word of God being meditated on, a, 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 a phrase, a truth, a principle of God's word being memorized and put into action. Now, the reason why I speak of this when we talk about the Word of God and when we specifically talk about the weapon or the sword of the Spirit is because this sword of the Spirit is mentioned as the Word of God. We'll talk about the Word word of God later, but what I want you to get in this, in this whole picture is the fact that God's Word is being picked up as a weapon, as a tool for victory in our Christian life. So here's where we're going today. What is the sword of the Spirit? We know it's the Word of God, but what is it specifically as in the context of Ephesians 6 and our battle-ready checklist? Are you ready for this? Okay. Number one, this is what we're studying today. Number one, it is a weapon against deception. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's the Word of truth. And it is a weapon against deception. Never have we lived in such a confusing time filled with deception. Okay? It is a weapon of truth. And it is a, a weapon of truth against deception. Now look at what the, the Word of God says. It says, and take the helmet of salvation. But then it implies the word take again. Take the sword of the Spirit. Now, this word sword is the, is the Greek word makaira, and it's the Italian word, uh, the, the, the exact same sword is a gladius, where we get the word gladiator from, a gladius. And here is uh, a description of this Roman sword. Person behind it. After the pelum is launched at the enemy, Placidus takes out his primary weapon, the gladius, a short stabbing sword. Like every soldier, he carries the gladius on the right side to prevent the legionaries who fight in close ranks from hindering each other when they pull it out of the scabbard. The grip of the gladius is made of wood or bone. The scabbard consists of two thin wooden planks covered with leather. The metal decorations not only make the sword more beautiful, they make the scabbard stronger. 
The gladius looks small, but can inflict terrible wounds. These wounds are meant for the enemy. And the same sword that is used to be quick and to be powerful uh, in the enemy is used as a metaphor of what the word of God is in our life against spiritual battle. Now, we've said all along that our spiritual battles are real. You're not going to avoid them. You are fighting a spiritual battle, whether you know it or not, whether you even want to avoid it or not, it's unavoidable. You are going to fight a spiritual battle. And he said, I want you to pick up this Machaira. I want you to pick up this Gladius because I want you to be able to use it in a powerful way. And so we go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 which says the word of God is quick and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. A Machaira was a two-edged sword. And the reason why it was shorter than normal was because they wanted to be quick with it. And they wanted to be powerful with the blows. If it was too uh, heavy, if it was too cumbersome, if it was too long, they could not be quick and they could not have powerful blows. Now, why does the word of God, uh, why is it quick and powerful? Because it pierces even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God can get under every layer that no psychologist, uh, no, even a Christian counselor can't peel back all the layers like the word of God can. It can cut through all your experience. It can cut through all your doubt. It can cut through all of your deception, all of your confusion. It can cut through all of the anxiety, all the depression. It can cut right to the heart and tell you exactly what God wants you to hear. And so, but in the context of this verse, the word of God is quick and powerful. There's a verse right before it that I believe is really the key to unlocking and using the sword. And, and it almost seems like a contradiction. Look at verse number 11. It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, rest and labor are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Either you're resting or you're laboring but you can't labor to rest. And God's saying, wait a second, I want you to labor to lay down whatever you're holding so that you can enter into my rest so that the sword of the Spirit can be wielded not in your own power, but in my power. And I believe that the greatest thing we could ever do in the morning is wake up, grab our Bible as the sword of the Spirit and say, God, I'm laboring in scripture because I want to enter into your rest. And if I don't, I'm going to fall. Look at the rest of that verse. If any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, what's the example of unbelief? Well, we're given an example of unbelief all throughout. We're given examples of unbelief all throughout scripture. But I will tell you in our passage, Ephesians 6, four different times it says stand. Stand. Stand that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Stand, therefore, taking on the whole armor of God. Stand in the strength and in the might and the power of God. So it's telling us, stand so that we don't fall. But if we're standing in our own power, in our own truth, in our own word, in our own ideas, in our own reasoning, we are certainly going to fall. And so we stand in the thoughts and in the truth of God's word. The psalmist knew this in Psalm 94 and verse 11. It said, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the man that they are vanity. Now, all of us think empty thoughts. We all waste our, our, our hearts uh, musing on things that really won't pan out. 
But he says, blessed is the man that, that is chasteneth of the Lord. He teacheth him out of the law. Well, why is he blessed? Because thou givest him rest from the days of adversity. The only way we'll have rest from our thoughts of anxiety, the only way we'll have rest from a weary, broken world is when our thoughts mirror God's thoughts. And the only way for our thoughts to mirror God's thoughts is if we're thinking on the word of God. You guys get that? And so what an encouraging truth it is to know that our problems are multiplied when we fail to rest in the promises of God, but our problems are minimized when we go to the word and memorize and meditate on his promises daily. So our promises are the promises of God that are given to us for a practical winning the battle of the mind. Now, last week we talked about winning the battle within. We talked about the mind. We talked about identity in Christ. I want you to remember that because the helmet of salvation is protecting our thoughts. But the sword of the Spirit is that which can penetrate any of those thoughts that, you, that, you're, that you're really, I mean, it's already inside. They've already gotten past the helmet. <laughs> They're already there. The sword can go right in there and like a surgeon takes out uh, something that is harmful to the body, the word of God can go in and it can take out something that is harmful to the soul. Now, why do I say this? I say this because C.H. Spurgeon was a great pastor in London for many years, but he struggled with the mind. He struggled with depression. He struggled with anxiety. He struggled with uh, thoughts that he believed were placed there by Satan. You know, one of the quotes I read this week was so encouraging. It says this, When discouragements arise like mists of the morning, oh, that God's word would shine them away with the beams of his promises. I don't know what fog has settled in your heart and mind. I don't know what doubt or what deception may have settled in your heart or in your emotions. But can I tell you that the promises of God are like beams of sunshine that can break through any cloud or doom of any day. And so the word of God has that power. So then we have to ask ourselves, how much are we in the word? And how much of the word is in us. You know, since the pandemic started, um, I was, I just like everyone else said, oh, maybe now is a good time to start taking my vitamins. And so I uh, started on a regimen of taking some vitamins and, and uh, they've, you know, I went from four to six to, I think I'm taking, you know, seven or eight different things. And I don't know if it's helping me or not, but I'm standing. So, uh, so I'll just, I'll just keep doing it. And, uh, you know, they have these really cool little dispensers. I don't have a cool one like this. Um, I saw a tank one the other day where you fire the tank and your little, your little vitamin comes out the, 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 uh, the, the um, uh, barrel of the tank. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but regardless, all of these dispensers are so that you can, one week ahead, plan for what you're going to place in your body in order to increase the health of your body. Now, wouldn't it be great if we, and here's an action item, would plan seven days in advance what promises we're going to hold on to? 
I, I don't care if, if, if it's a busy day at work. I don't care if that person who knows where all your buttons are is pushing every single one of them. I, I don't care if the news is just doom and gloom like they always are to get more eyeballs. I, I don't care what's happening in the world. I'm telling you the promises of God need to be right there in front of our eyes. When we wake up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, when we sit down to commute in the car, the promises of God need to be right in front of our view. We need to be uh, making a plan every single day for what promises we are going to latch onto and going to hold onto to defeat deception. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Oh, that we would be a people who would be willing to skip a meal in order to read and meditate and memorize scripture if that's what it takes to get in God's word. Now, I'm speaking to a people who, in L.A. County, we identify with being busy. How you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. And that's not necessarily bad. But if we are too busy for this book, can I just say lovingly, we are too busy. This book is what gives us health and life spiritually. And if we think one just quick 35-minute dose on Sunday is going to keep us beating and living and vibrant in our relationships and, and in our, life, our Christian life, we are mistaken. Because there's, just like there's a, a deception uh, that, that's coming our way, there's equal truth that's met to, to, to defeat that deception. And so because this sword is a sword of truth, it's a sword of the Spirit, we need to understand that there's darts, there's arrows, there's, there's weapons that are coming at us from Satan of deception. And if we're not in the truth, we're being overrun by deception. We're lying to ourselves. We're being lied to. We are constantly being deceived. In fact, in Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, be not deceived. Okay, well, how can we not be deceived? God is not mocked. Well, we certainly don't want to mock God. So what is it talking about? Well, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You can sow as many lustful and angry and anxious and depressed thoughts, and you will always reap the harvest of that. But I'm telling you, the positive is true. If you will sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life and life everlasting. There is life and there is joy and there is peace and there is faith and there is temperance found in sowing to the Spirit. Friend, don't be weary in well-doing. For if you sow in this season, you will reap if you faint not. But every once in a while, we'll be sowing the truth. And then, boom, we'll be hit by a thought. And that's not the time to give up. That's the time to continue. I was going to grab my Bible uh, later on or earlier this week. I don't know where it went. But I was grabbing my Bible from, from this podium on Thursday and when I put my hand under my Bible, there was a, a safety pin that someone, and I don't know who it is, so I'm not trying to call them out, right? But had someone had left that thing open, almost like they were just waiting for me to grab my Bible. And that thing went in between my finger and my fingernail. 
oh my word, that hurts so bad, right? And it's just something little. It was like a little safety pin. But I'm like sticking it, sticking out of there. You know, I pull it out and it's just blood, you know? And I'm like, ah, who did that? And that's exactly what happens in our day. We, we wake up and we read God's word and we're like, we're going to have victory. And then before we know it, we're, we're even wanting to do the right thing. And then bam, out of nowhere, what, why did that happen? And I want to I encourage you that when those things happen, don't let that discourage you. Just get right back up and say, okay, I'm going to use that weapon again. He, he got me that one time, but, but not the second time. And so you say, well, we have the weapon, but how do we use it? Well, number two, the sword of the Spirit is the source of truth and power. It is a source of truth and power. I want you to see the fact that he says, take the sword of the Spirit. The word spirit is pneuma. It, it literally means the breath of life or the essence of spiritual power. And Jesus spoke of the Spirit's power when he says, the Spirit's that which quickeneth or maketh alive. And then he says, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God gives life where there is no life. And the word of God gives you the access to the spirit. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're receiving it based on his word. You are believing that his word is true. When you believe that his word is true, you are received into the family of God. You are given eternal life. How many of you are thankful for the eternal life and forgiveness of Jesus Christ? Man, I am. Because I don't have to work my way for that. So he says, listen, I am giving you the spirit. It quickeneth, it maketh alive, and it gives you spirit. You, 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 you now have life in your spirit. And that's why I said that the word of God is what we're relying on for transformation and for change. And so the spirit of truth uses truth to guide us by grace. So here's a key thought. Truth is what the spirit uses to guide the heart and mind by grace. There's so much to that statement, but let me unpack it in, in a way that's visual that I think you'll get it. Our lives are made up of all these, all these things that are really interconnected. Relationships and, and struggles and, and past failures and, and, and you know, emotional struggles and, and fears and, and, and things about the future and things about the present and, and all of these things. It's all interconnected and it's, and it's tangled. And sometimes it's hard to kind of see the next path or, or, or to know exactly where God wants you to go forward. And the word of God is used as a sword. And, and, and one of the things that's interesting about Machaira is the same root word for Machaira is also used for machete. And I think it's interesting that the machete is used all throughout um, the world in jungle regions to clear a path. Maybe you've seen this before. Here's a video of someone clearing away a path. This guy's doing his best. He's, he's hacking away at it. Why? They need a road. They need a path. And this brush that's overgrown is in the way of forward progress. And so here he is. He's, he's hacking away at it with something that is useful to cut, to divide. Now let me tell you, if you placed in his hand a plastic fork, he would laugh at you. If you placed in his hand a pocket knife, he would say, yeah, we're getting closer. It is the machete that can do the work of clearing the way for forward progress. 
Now, can I tell you that the Spirit is that that guides you into all truth? Jesus said, the Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever you hear that he speak, he will show you things to come. Listen, the Holy Spirit can give you a picture of where you need to go, what you need to do, what you need to say, how you need to respond. And if you, here's an action item, ask the Spirit to guide your mind to the scriptures that you need in order to have daily victory, he will do it. Now here's the picture. If we're picking up our own ambition and our own ideas and our own discipline and and thoughts to go throughout the day, it's like trying to clear a path with a plastic fork, or worse, a spork. You're not going to clear anything in that way. You need something with a sharp edge. You need a legitimate tool. You need something that's actually going to give you a clear pathway forward. And the reason why we feel so entangled with the things of this world and so entangled and and, and not a lot of forward progress is because we're not picking up the word of God daily and allowing it to clear our mind, allowing it to clear our path, allowing it to help our soul. We're seeking everyone else's help. We're seeking uh, uh, other people. We're seeking uh, online help. We're seeking other people. And we're not seeking the one resource that we've been given in order to clear the way. So we see the weapon of truth against deception. We see that the source of, of, of truth is the spirit. But then number three, and this is the most important, and I want you really to key in on the, the next five minutes because I really think this is the key to, to really having transformation and having victory. We're talking about being battle ready, but we want to have victory. How many of you want victory? I, mean, I certainly do. And, and sometimes you come to church and you're like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work for me. Can I make a very bold claim? This will work for you. You say, I'm not a church person, so gotcha. No, 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 it's going to work for you. This works every time it's applied. Now, the only way it wouldn't work for you is if you're an enemy of God. Now, that's like, whoa, 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 I'm not God's enemy. Whoa, time out. You're either an enemy of God or you're his child. There's no in between. So if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not not because of religion, not through good works, but if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a gift. So if you've received that gift, you are his child. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end. You can't. But if you're his child, this is the way that he is giving you. This is the one tool he's giving you for victory. And so we see that this is the sword of the Spirit. Now, what is the sword of the Spirit? Number three, it is the spoken truth that transforms the soul. Now, the word take is a, is a hybrid between the Anna Lombano that we talked about last week and decomai, and it's to take hold of, to receive, to accept, to grasp, but it means to embrace. <clears throat> a lot of people think that the sword of the Spirit is only embraced and only truly be able to be wielded by someone like a pastor, a theologian. Maybe someone who's been a Christian a long time. Man, they really know how to use the sword. And honestly, if you don't know how to use it, I mean, pff, you're going to hurt yourself. You cut a finger off or something, right? But can I tell you that, that the scriptures are written in a way that even a young child can pick up the sword of truth and can use it in a way that's so powerful 
in their heart and life. Can I tell you that the brand new baby Christian, as the Bible explains, someone who's just been born again, someone who's just starting into the family of God, someone who's just coming into their newfound faith, can I tell you that they can wield the sword? It does not take a, a, a long time to know how to do it. Now, you can certainly learn some more scriptures. You can certainly sharpen the edge of that sword. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, the sword is ready for anyone who wants to use it. But will we? And so we have to ask ourselves, what is this sword? What makes this sword so sharp? Well, 2 Corinthians 10 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we're told that the sword pulls down strongholds. We're told that, that the sword wins victories that nothing else can win. Well, what pulls down the strongholds? It's casting down imaginations. The word imaginations is legosmos. It means false reasoning, a wayward thought, a self-focused speculation, an opinion, or a feeling. Can I tell you that the thing that Satan wants you to lean on the most, he wants you to holster your, your sword, to put it in the sheath. You know what he wants you to pick up? He wants you to pick up well, I thought, yeah, a thought. Well, but, but, but here's what I was, here's, what I, here's my reasoning. Well, your reasoning. But I've always heard someone else's thought. He will let you think of anything. It might even sound true, but if it's not in this word, can I tell you it doesn't have power? This is the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. It will bring you life. It will bring you health. It will bring you power. The word of truth by the power of God. The armor of righteousness on the right side and on the left side. God has your back. He has, your, he has the power resting on you when you're willing to use the sword of truth. But it says it is the word of God. So what is this? Sword. The sword is the word of God. Now there's three words in the Bible for the word of God, and they're easy. Grapha is the actual book, all right, the paper. Logos is referred to as Jesus. It's the divine word. It's the actual words, the written words. The words are inspired. But this is the word rhema, and it's the word rhema that literally is talking about the spoken word. It's, it's a powerful message. It's, it's an order or a charge. It's what they would say. They would say, charge into the battle. They would, they would proclaim the victory. It's an audible statement made about God and about what God has said. And so here's a key thought as we end today, and it is this, that the enemy is powerless to the spoken word of God. Now, maybe you've never heard this before, but this is so powerful. It's all throughout scripture. The enemy is powerless to the spoken word of God. Let's say that together. The enemy is powerless to the spoken word of God. Speaking something out loud is something that we're maybe not accustomed to, but Jesus said when he was tempted of the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, every rhema, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So here's an action item. I would encourage you to memorize key scriptures and in the moment of temptation, speak out loud the word in order to experience victory. Now there's so many ways I could, we could illustrate this. 
But remember how I said that, that, that the Jews, they'll rock back and forth? And they're, they're walking back and forth because they're wanting God to hear their prayer. They're wanting to, 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 to increase the productivity and meditation. They're rocking back and forth. I, I don't believe that the rocking is what is mentioned here. I believe the back and forth is representation of winning a battle. With any battle, there's always a back and forth. Would you agree? All right, some of you who pwn noobs, okay, and that's a young, younger term, okay, for you do battle on video games, okay? Um, there's sometimes a victory. There's sometimes a defeat. There's back and forth. One of my favorite movies, and, and, and please, I want to date myself, and you're like, what? Go watch it, okay? It's an epic, epic movie. It came out in 2002, okay? And, and, and I was just about to graduate from high school, and this thing came out, and this was an epic movie. And I, I don't know why I loved it. In fact, um, one of these scenes is, is filmed on the beach where I proposed to Danielle, El Matador Beach. It's the Count of Monte Cristo. It's a great movie. If you never watched it, watch it. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to show you 16 seconds, and then I'm going to spoil the movie for you if you've, never, if you've never watched it, okay? So plug your ears if you don't want to hear the ending, but, I mean, you've had, you know, what, 20, 20 years to watch it, so yeah, you'll, you'll be all right. Um, so, so, so here's 16 seconds of what I believe the back and forth in battle is mentioned when it talks about the rhema. Let's watch this. Now, right after that, literally like less than a half a second after that, the Count of Monte Cristo gets the upper hand. And he, and he wins, and he looks at him, and he says, I'm a count, not a saint, right? I mean, this is like an epic moment. And he has justice. You know, he's won the victory. He's won the battle. And, and it's an incredible moment in the movie, and you're just so happy that the Count of Monte Cristo has gotten the victory, right? But I want you to know that that was... That battle was back and forth. And I truly believe that the rhema is the key to the victory because you cannot go back and forth in your mind and win. You cannot win a war of the mind and your thoughts within the mind. And when you decide to take the word of God and pull it out of your mind and place it into spoken word, into rhema, you automatically have the upper hand. Satan knows that and he's gonna actively fight against it. But I will tell you, here's a key thought as we end, and it is this, that our greatest weapon against deception and temptation is seeking the Spirit's power through speaking the truth to ourselves. The moment you say something from God's word outside of yourself, you have won the victory. You say, that's too good to be true, try it. The next time that temptation comes, the next time that thought of doubt, the next time that thought of discouragement comes your way and it enters into your mind, know that temptation is not sin and it has no power over you because Jesus has already won the battle against sin and temptation. But the way that he's given us to have victory over temptation, over anxiety, over depression, 
All of these things in our heart, the way we have victory is through the spoken word. If you will take a verse, a promise, something not from yourself, not from culture, but from the Bible, and you will speak that, you will have victory. You will, you, you will see the temptation. You will feel, literally, you will feel the temptation go away. As you speak the word of God out loud, you say, what if I'm at work? I carpool. You want to have another 20 years of defeat? Or do you want to have victory? Speak the word of God. Listen, just, just make it a habit of speaking to yourself. Even if you have to whisper it, speak the word of God. Allow God's word to be not just in your heart and in your mind and, and on your, on, in your meditations, but meditating literally means to speak out loud. And it's that thought of going back and forth. And Satan throws deception and you're throwing the word, the spoken word. And he's throwing this doubt and you're throwing the sword back and forth and winning through the word of God. It's not your power. It's not your might but it's the word of God. And I would encourage you to take these words and live by them and let your heart be a heart saturated in scripture, saturated in truth, because it is the truth that is the sword of the spirit. That is the spoken word of God. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.